Welcome everyone to the podcast, Your Destiny Starts Today. This is Rabbi Gavriel Jackton, and I'm so grateful you're joining me in this lifetime journey together. Every single day brings with it new and unique challenges, tests, and surprises. That's how the Almighty intended it. It's our universal mission to make the right choices based on the eternal wisdom of our Creator, to be the greatest version of ourselves. Our destiny depends on it. Good morning, the Shemas. Good morning, souls. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. Rabbi Gavriel Jackton here. Thursday, September 21st, 2023. And we want to lead our lives like the Shemas, like souls. I want to tell you something. This ain't going to be a perfect podcast, all right? It never is going to be because this is who I am, Gavriel Jackton. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stutter. I'm going to repeat myself. This is real, folks. I'm not going to edit and take 10 and a half hours, three weeks to put a podcast together. I'm putting it together raw with all the mistakes, all the stuttering, because we're here to be real. And yes, we are leading our lives with Neshama, with soul. But we're, we have a Yetzirah too. We have a body. And the body is the cause for our mistakes, our errors, all the things that take us away from our relationship with the Almighty. I want to start by sharing a beautiful introduction from Rabbi Vigda Miller's book, Perfection and Parenting. Highly recommend it. He says, The Chavos Halivavos, who was one of the early Rishonim, early rabbis, I think in the 11, 1200s, who wrote uh, a famous Musser work on personal development called Chavos Halivavos, The Duties of Our Heart. So that's what Ravik Demel is quoting. The Chavos Halivavos relates that a sage was standing on the road when a platoon of soldiers returned from the battleground. The soldiers had been away for many months and were returning to enjoy the fruits of peace. The sage said to them, Shavtem minamechama haketana hachinu atzmechem lemechama hagedoyla. You are returning from a little war. Get ready for the great war. What do you mean by a great war, they asked. A war against one's inclination, the sage replied. That's what life's about, my friends. We have a Yetzir Tov and Yitzhahara. The Yetzir Tov is our soul. The Yitzhahara is the body, is the evil inclination that wants to drag us down, that wants us to think that nothing's important, that or things that are really aren't so important are important. But the, the neshama, the soul, wants to do good, wants to connect to the Almighty, wants to be nice to everybody, wants to see the good in people, wants to judge favorably. Anything ultimately good comes from the neshama, from the soul. The Yetzirah is like a mosquito that never dies. He works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's there to bite you, and he comes back for more, and he never dies, and he's up while you're sleeping. The Yetzirah! Baruch Hashem, we love the Yetzirah. If not for the Yetzirah, we'd be dead, right? We're not angels. We're not perfect. We have a soul and we have a body, you know? If we don't have a Yetzirah, then we're dead or we're angels. But we're certainly not human beings. So that struggle's great. 
We appreciate the Yitzhahara. We just have to recognize who he is and say, wait a second here. Who's talking? Is that me talking? Is that my Yitzhahara? And if we can differentiate between ourselves, which is our soul, our souls, and our Yitzhahara, that's a great start. So when you go into the fridge and you say, man, is my Yitzhahara hungry, you know? Right? So that's Yitzhahara. You say, you get moody, you say the wrong things, you say, oh, I'm sorry, my Yitzhahara got the best of me. But we have to make that separation. Because the Yitzhahara is here to the day we die. That's right, folks. But he's here to make us great. You have to think of the Yitzhahara as our coach. He's like, thanks, coach. He's constantly coaching us, pushing us, annoying us, trying to get us to slip. And we have to know how to talk to him. Very, very, very important. I want to read from another book, a fantastic book, Rabbi Sholem Rabashkin. He was the famous rabbi who was in jail for many years, and Donald Trump, President Trump, pardoned him, let him free. And I met him in Jackson, New Jersey. He has a short booklet called Solid Foundations. It's fantastic. I've not finished reading it yet, but I want to read from you from one of his sections. Now, he says that there are eight foundations, and those foundations are Neshama, as you mentioned, soul, emuna, belief in Hashem, bitachon, trust, kavanas, habria, understanding the creation, Torah, mitzvahs, tshuva, repentance, and simcha, happiness. So I want to just start from his opening, neshama. Listen to what he says. Beautiful. At my core, I am a neshama. That changes everything. At the start of our tefillos, at the start of our prayers, each morning we say, Hashem, the neshama, the soul you have placed within me is pure. This neshama is the essence of who we are and should define us. Letting other aspects of our being define us causes many problems, particularly when we face adversity. Our bodies and the shamas are integrated and seem to be one entity, but in fact, they're two distinct and separate entities with different functions rooted in two different realities. The body is a native of the natural world. Its instincts, perspectives, and desires are shaped by the rules that govern it and the values that derive from it. When it faces a problem, it interprets it, interprets it, and responds to it based on the natural order of the world. The neshama, the soul, is from a different reality. The world of holiness and truth, the Almighty Himself blew of Himself into each and every one of us. That's our soul. Its instincts, perspectives, and desires are shaped by the truth of Torah and the values that derive from it. When it faces a problem, it interprets it through the clarity of Torah and responds accordingly. These two opposing forces each claim to define us and to accurately present the world around us. The body urges us to think of ourselves primarily as a body, begrudgingly saddled with a neshama, with a soul. It asserts that the world is as, is as it appears and claims that we need to center ourselves on that reality and respond to it on its terms if we are to thrive or even just survive. It encourages us to pursue physical pleasure and self-perceiving pursuits. Self-serving pursuits, excuse me. The neshama insists that we're actually souls tasked 
with elevating the body. It asserts that the world is not what it appears to be. The truth about the world is to be found in the Torah, and we need to center ourselves on that reality. Everything about ourselves and everything we experience needs to be understood through Torah in order to know how to act and react properly. It encourages us to pursue connection with Hashem and fulfill the mission He gave us, which will bring true blessings and enjoyment in this world and the world to come. Which one is correct? Who am I and what kind of world do I live in? What is valuable in life? Getting this right is the first and most important thing. And it's doubly important when confronting a challenge. Getting it wrong has serious consequences. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. I'm sure you want to keep listening. I'll do a little more. When we think of ourselves as a body inhabiting a dangerous and indifferent world and react to our troubles from that perspective, we actually set aside the divine strength and transcendence of our neshamas, of our souls, and become subject to all the limitations inherent in nature. Not only that, but our neshamas are also dragged down with our bodies and suffer those constraints. The result will be fear and anxiety, causing us to feel overwhelmed, outmatched, and vulnerable. Rabbeinu Bachia, that's the same author as the Chavos Levavos, writes that when a person sees the world as a force to be reckoned with and puts his trust in reassuring elements of the world, Hashem allows that natural process to unfold. That means that the person who defines himself as subject to the natural world, doesn't only feel vulnerable, he truly becomes vulnerable. This is why recognizing and embracing your core identity as an ashama, a soul, and the clear-eyed perspective on reality that comes with it is such an important foundation. When we embrace our identity as an ashama and express it through Torah and mitzvahs, we bring the strength and the clarity of the ashama to bear on our situation. By connecting to Hashem, we can tap into an infinite strength and overcome the obstacles we face. The feelings of fear, anxiety, and vulnerability find no ground to take root because the world in which threats have power independent of Hashem is seen as the illusion it is. Instead, our neshama recognizes the Torah as the correct address to properly understand our situation and to direct us in navigating it successfully. When we might when we might otherwise have looked to the world or to other nations. In talking with many people about their challenges in life, and again, this is Rabbi Rabashkin speaking, I found that some are misled into thinking that since other nations face what seem to be similar challenges and have developed an approach to addressing them, we can adopt or adapt those approaches to our own lives. I would say that we shouldn't, but the the truth is that we simply cannot. Not only are we not starting from the same conception of reality, we are simply not like the nations around us. Our core, our neshama, is fundamentally different, which means that the causes of our emotional distress are different. And because of our neshama and our connection to Hashem, the way we combat that emotional distress is different as well. Recognizing that we're different should make it very obvious that we need to turn to Torah. You have to use the solution that matches the problem. If, 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 even if everyone else will pull up to a gas pump when their car is empty, someone driving an electric car won't even consider it. That solution effective 
as it may be for everyone else, is simply not relevant for his car. Isn't that interesting? I love that paragraph. We are like electric cars, folks. This is why it is so important to start with the recognition that each of us is a neshama, a soul. It's that knowledge that makes it clear that we have to drive past the gas pump and turn for insight and guidance to the source of life and truth, Hashem himself, through his holy Torah. Isn't that amazing, folks? I mean, that was the first section on, on soul. We are soul. And I want to say that really life is just really upside down. It's totally upside down what we think. You have to really check yourself and say, is that what's important or something else important, right? Just the other day, we are talking about how is it that Jacob could lie, quote-unquote lie, and say, I am a Shmuel, or I am Asav, rather, right? I am Asav. You're firstborn. Seemingly, there's commentaries, how to understand it, but Isaac, his father, wanted to know, who is this who came back? Well, who, is, who are you that came back so soon? And it seems like Jacob did not tell the truth. He said, I'm Asav, his twin brother. And the commentary said that, you know, listen, he's the person of truth, and there's a deeper truth. You know, there's on the surface level what seems to be true, that you're not telling the truth, but there's a much deeper, deeper level of truth, and that is, for some reason, my father Isaac doesn't see that Esau is a bum. He's a Russia. He's wicked. He doesn't see it. So the deeper truth is that I need those blessings that my father is going to impart. I need those. And of course, he listened to his mother who told him to do this. Rivka. So there's a deeper truth. You have to know that. It's so important. That's how, here we are, Imachin Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And now is the time to go to people who you might have offended. And it's difficult to talk to people who you don't like so much or you don't like at all and to ask them to forgive you. But they're wrong. They're a jerk, whatever it is, right? I don't feel like apologizing to them. But the answer is, is that, yes, your body doesn't want to, but your soul wants to. Your soul, your neshama wants to, because that's the deep truth, that's the real truth. When your wife says to you, Honey, how do I look in this nice, this dress I just got? You know, now, let's just say, God forbid the wife is like 500 pounds, you know? Do I look fat? You know what you say? You say, honey, I can't lie. Very fat. Right? Chas v'shalom, God forbid. You say, honey, you can wear a balloon and you make it look beautiful. That's what you say. Is that a lie? Of course it's not a lie. It's the truth because you want shalom bias. You want your wife to be happy. You want peace in the house. So, of course, you know, you don't go to someone's house for dinner. And you, and the host says, Thanks for coming. Listen, I, I love when people are honest with me. Can you tell me how the food was? Tell me. Did you enjoy it? Guy says, yeah. Ma'am, the chicken was outstanding. You could not have made it any better. Ah, delicious. The potatoes, eh, a little cold. They could use more salt. And those vegetables, disgusting. Like disgusting. I never had anything more disgusting in my life. Get out of my house. Out of my house right now. Never come back. I, I don't like this person. George, 
Why did you even invite him? He's never coming back. No, 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 we don't do that, folks. That's right. We lie for peace. We lie for safety. God forbid someone comes in during the Holocaust. And they said, is there any Jews here? I can't tell a lie. They're, they're hiding over... No, we don't do that. So there's a deeper truth. And when you know that, you can call up somebody who you don't like so much and you can say, hey, Joe, I'm so sorry. Do you forgive me? Because that's the truth. That's what the neshama wants. The neshama, the soul, only wants good, only wants connection to Hashem, only wants MS, truth, love, that's what he wants. The body. The body is the one. The Yitzhara is telling you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to apologize to that guy? You know how many times he's insulted you? He looks at you funny. He tells other people how, how bad you smell. You're going to apologize to that guy? That guy doesn't deserve you even. He doesn't deserve your time. He doesn't deserve two minutes. He doesn't deserve your look. You don't even look at him. Forget about it, right? That's what the that's the the Yitzhahara talking. That's not the Neshama. The Neshama says, "I hear you got to know how to converse with the Yitzhahara. It's not easy. Yitzhahara is a genius. You say the Yitzhahara, I hear you're making a good point. You're making a good point. It's true. I, I I cannot deny what you're saying. However, it's right before Yom Kippur. I want to just clear my name. So tell you what, Yitzhahara." I'll say I'm sorry to him. I probably won't meet it 100%. All right? Can we can we compromise on that? And hopefully the HR will say, fine. But you better not mean it. You better not. Or else. The HR is a mosquito, folks. He's out to get you, and he never dies. He wants your blood forever. Forever. He could be 105 years old. Famous story. There was a guy... A rabbi, 95 years old, every morning he davenates, he prayed the sunrise minion. Every single morning of his life. One morning, he's 95 years old. He wants to get up. The sunrise minion in Israel is 5 a.m. He gets up at 4.45. And he's feeling so tired. He's feeling so tired. Now remember, there's so many other minyanim. He can catch the 6 o'clock, the 7 o'clock, the 8 o'clock. So he sees his Yetzirah standing over him and says, Yehuda, come on, you're 95 years old. You catch Nate's almost your whole life, the Sunrise Minion. Take it easy. This morning you'll, you'll go to the 7 o'clock Minion. It's okay. Hashem understands. So Yehuda looks at his gates and says, And what are you doing up so early? If you're up, then I'm getting up. And he went. He pushed himself. They say that Revelashev, that's Sal, one of the great Gedolim, the great rabbis of our time, who passed away a little over 100 years old. He said, even at age 100, he would kick his blankets off the bed so his Yitzhahara would not try to convince him to, to stay in bed for another couple of minutes. He kicked those blankets off the bed and he got up like a lion. And that's what we're supposed to do. But that's what you do when you lead with your neshama, with your soul. All right. I think we're going to make it a short podcast today. I just want to um, end with a couple ideas that we can all take on for the new year. So, obviously, you have to take on baby steps. Very, very important baby steps. And you got to know, can I do this starting today for the whole year, right? So, we started a while ago, Halacha Day. One Jewish Law Day. You're welcome to join us on YouTube, WhatsApp, 
We started a mitzvah day. I do a story day. I don't. I don't um, publicize it. I don't. You know, put it on audio. Maybe I should. We do a story day. Fine. You gotta take on one thing small, but I also want to share some ideas that we can do as a community. So one thing is brachas out loud, making a blessing out loud. Right. So important. When someone sneezes. <sighs> A stranger comes over. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome anytime. Hey, if you ever need to sneeze again, give me a call. I'll be glad to say God bless you. Well, that's so kind of you. What's your name? Joe. We don't, you know, people are so kind when it comes to sneezes. But what about a blessing? So many people don't, we don't make blessings out loud. We're talking to Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for the water. Thank you, Hashem, that my holes work properly after you go come out of the bathroom, before you eat bread. There's so many opportunities for blessings. And you want to say it out loud so that someone else can say amen. Amen. Every time you say amen, you're creating a malach, an angel. You know, there's a storybook I read, the amen book, so many amazing stories from just saying amen. But you have to make your brach out loud. Is that so hard? I mean, do you have to sneeze quietly? You ever see people people do that? They sneeze quietly. <laughs> like, it doesn't even sound normal. Just sneeze like a mensch. Hachow! You know, like a mensch. Not like... <laughs> like, what is that? People, you gotta sneeze. Make your brachas out loud. Nice and loud. Not super loud. You don't wake up the, the neighbors. But make a bracha out loud. So someone else could say amen. And the amen I once heard is like the signature. Imagine you write a check for a million dollars, but you don't sign it. Signing the check is the amen. And it creates an angel every time. Isn't that special? So make your blessings out loud this year, please. Folks, come on. Let's do it. I want to also say turn off your phone or put it away for 30 minutes a day. Can you do that? The phone is like the walking eight Zara. Rabbi Ephraim Waxman says, we are putting the Yetzirah in our pocket. I mean, it's crazy. This, we'll talk at this another podcast of the top 10 reasons why the iPhone is not good. But at least put it away for 30 minutes. Jim Rohn, who I've talked about last podcast, he said, I don't care if the president is trying to reach you. When it's dinner time, nobody gets through. I love that line. I remember he said this before there was cell phones. Right? So you got to put your cell phone away. Put your iPhone away. Put it away. Show you're in control. My neshama is in control. I'm not listening to my phone. I don't want to see the text, the WhatsApp, the Facebook, the social media, the emails, nothing. Half an hour. And by the way, that's why it's so beautiful that we keep Shabbos. Because the entire Shabbat, we put that phone away and we have no desire to use it. Zero. So when we can put our phone away for half an hour, on a non-Shabbos, that's how we can remember Shabbos. There's a mitzvah to remember Shabbos all week long. You could say, Hashem Almighty, this is how I'm remembering Shabbos by putting my phone away for half an hour. This is my remembering of Shabbos. Beautiful, let's do it. Okay, if 30 minutes is too much, do it for 10 minutes, but but don't set the timer on the iPhone that defeats the purpose, right? 10 minutes, 30 minutes, just put that phone away. That's a universal thing we can work on. Um, set your timer for 10 minutes on airplane mode to do different activities. So for example, 
You say, I don't want to be disturbed. I'm doing 10 minutes of learning. Nothing is going to disturb me. I want to do 10 solid minutes of learning. Or I'm going to clean the house for 10 minutes. Or I'm going to get the kids to all clean up. Hey, I do this with my kids. It works really well. Okay, kids, just 10 minutes. Put a timer on for 10 minutes. We're all going to clean up for 10 minutes. Let's clean the house. Let's make it nice for Shabbos. 10 minutes. So beautiful. It's amazing how fast time can go when you're doing a mitzvah. Um, Here's another big one. Live with total trust and belief in Hashem for 10 minutes a day. We talk about that, right? What is it like to say, okay, Hashem, I totally believe in you. 10 minutes. Now, by the way, um, in that book, Robert Boshkin, he says that believing in Hashem is not one of the eight foundations because that's a given. Rabbi Eisenberger, here from the Kolo, shared a beautiful idea that, you know, imagine you went into a cafeteria and you're about to take a drink from the iced tea that's on everyone's table. There's thousands of people in the cafeteria and the kitchen lady comes out, the chef, and says, wait, 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 people, do not drink the iced tea. I accidentally dropped something in it. It could be, God forbid, it could kill you. I dropped one of my pills. I don't, I'm not sure which which one I dropped it in, so it could be yours. Please do not drink the iced tea. Now, there's about a thousand cups of iced tea in that room. Would anyone say, you know, what are the chances that it's my iced tea? I'm going to take a drink. Nobody would do that. So look at this world, folks. You look at a beautiful, a beautiful painting. It didn't just happen. It didn't, wasn't just a little blue here, a little red here. Voila, there's the painting. We look at the world. The Almighty created the world. The beautiful sun, the moon, the stars, everything. It's Hashem. How can you take a chance and live life like there's no Hashem? There's Almighty in the world. I'm sorry if anyone has trouble believing that, but life is a pretty depressing world if you don't realize that there's Hashem here. Hashem is right here. He loves us. He's listening to us. He hears every single prayer we say. And for 10 minutes a day, this new year, we're going to say, okay, Hashem, here is my 10 minutes of absolute betachon and trust in you. And anything that happens, not going to get you down. Nothing's going to stop you because you are a soul and you're living for 10 minutes a day with absolute trust in Hashem. And I want to say one more thing, and that's be for someone for five minutes. For five minutes a day, be totally giving for somebody else. Call up somebody, a friend, somebody else, someone you're not so close with, a family member, and just you're saying, I am giving to this person for five, ten minutes. That's it. I'm listening to them. It's all about them. It's not about me. I'm going to be completely giving. And, and even if they try to turn the agenda back on you, you tell them, hey, how's it going? How's your family doing? What's going on with your job? Yeah, good. Well, how's your job? No, Baruch Hashem. But like, well, like to, did you go on a vacation this year, right? You got to really practice. You got to really practice doing this, ask the right questions, prepare. But I'm going to be for somebody else for five or ten minutes every day. So let's go over those again. We're going to make our brachas out loud. We're certainly going to say amen to someone else's blessings. We're going to turn off our phone, ideally for 30 minutes a day, and it helps us remember Shabbos, or at least 10 minutes a day. We're going to, certainly during dinner time would be a great time to do that with your family. 
we're going to really utilize our time by setting a timer for 10 minutes so there's no interruption, whether it's learning Torah, which is the idea, whether it's praying, whether it's doing an activity with the kids. 10 minutes of focus. And especially for someone like me who has ADD, let me tell you, that helps. And we're going to live with complete trust in Hashem for 10 minutes a day. We're going to realize that He's the one, He's in charge. And finally, we're going to give to somebody else. Give them of ourselves, right? For 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 10 minutes. Listen to them, call them up. And then say, okay, 5 minutes up. Bye. My time's up. I'm not interested in you anymore. No, 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 we don't do that. Of course not. We love them. We appreciate them. And that is my blessings to each and every one of you. That's my advice. I want to wish everyone a Gemar Chasim Toiva. should be the best year yet for each and every one of you. Health, happiness, success, a relationship with the Almighty, more Torah learning, more tzedakah, more charity. And of course, if you want to sponsor a podcast for 180, let me know, folks. We'd appreciate your sponsorship. Until then, until next podcast, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, Neshamas. Love each and every one of you.